It's the Prep Rally Podcast, the only podcast in the state dedicated to prep sports. Brought to you by the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Here's your host, Chip Souza. All right, all right. Yes, we got the Prep Rally Podcast today, and I'm Chip Souza. I'm flying solo here today in the Fayetteville studio. I uh, got all the other, my other reporters are out on assignment covering various state golf tournament going on, conference tennis. Paul Boyd's over at the University of Arkansas covering the women's basketball first practice of the season. So Leland Barclay down the River Valley. Leland, it's just you and I, but that's all we need, right? Hey, I bet we can handle it. I bet we can handle it. Yep. So last week, conference play got started uh, in the in, in football, football conferences across the state. And uh, we're going to start in the 7A Central. Leland, there weren't any real surprises in the Central last week for conference openers. No, I don't think so, other than the fact that um, I think it just um, – I think the 7A Central is wide open this year. I think you're right. Um, I know Northside went into that game uh, at home against Bryant with a lot of momentum uh, from a 3-0 and start. They had beaten Greenwood. They had, they had beaten Harbor in a crazy game. Uh, but Bryant, uh, again, proved that Bryant is still going to be the team to beat in the Central. I know you said it's wide open. Uh, Bryant is they're, – they're, they're the king until someone knocks him off, and uh, they opened up conference play with a 35-17 win against Northside in which they dominated the second half. They did. Um, you know, I don't know about dominated, but they certainly won the second half. And you're right, until they're knocked off, they are the kings of the 7A Central. They've won three straight state championships, uh, and they still are very good. They And, and they still look the part. Um they're big across the front. They, they're very good offensively, defensively. Um, you know, obviously, um, the 2006 Springdale team couldn't duplicate what the 2005 Springdale te- Correct. team did. Yeah, good analogy. And, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and this is, you know, this is the same thing. Uh, you know, those, those last three teams, especially the last two, uh, were so good. In fact, the last two didn't lose. Right. Uh, they were just so good. And, you know, Bryant led 21 to 17 at the half against Northside Friday night. Very evenly matched first half. It was seven to seven. It was 14 to 14. Then it was seven or 21 14. Then it was 21 17. The third quarter, Bryant loses fumbles on two consecutive plays on their first two drives. Right. And they punted on their third drive from deep in their own end zone, or not deep in their own end zone, but pretty deep in their own territory. Right. So Northside got three stops to begin the third quarter. The result of that was nine plays and 11 yards. Wow. Wow. By the offense. So oh. they just didn't do anything with those stops. Leland, how, and then how, they, then how they had the long drive and got down to the one yard line, had second and go from the one. And didn't score. Leland, how big a factor was Ty Massey being injured in that game? Do you think it was a big factor for Northside? I think it was a big factor because they have been so used to alternating those guys, keeping those guys fresh, and they weren't able to do that in the in the second half. Now, obviously, they should still be able to get one yard. Right. Right. And and a play that a play that didn't even happen. Um, it was called dead was so huge. I think it was the third down play. Northside um, did a rollout, a, a um, play action, 
and Walker Cat Savage was going to stroll into the end zone. There wasn't anybody within 20 yards of him. Uh, but Bryant was offsides on the play, so it was dead, okay. and they had to do it over. Um, but he was going to stroll into the end zone. Completely fooled everybody. There wasn't anybody within 20 yards of him. He was going to score. So that play, they had to do it again. Wiped it North out. side, you know, ended up not uh, – not scoring, which would have um, – that was a big point of the game, even though Brian had scored before that, so they led by 10. Um, but still, uh, you know, Coach Fleur said they would have probably went for two. Right. Um, you know, it's just a, a, it's a different game. ball game yeah. at that point. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Ty Massey only had 10 carries in the game. I think Leland Cornier's story, two in the second half. Uh, Sunquist Church, the other running back, he he had a, a good game for him. Uh had a little over 125 yards, I think. But you're right, Leland. They've been alternating those backs and just bludgeoning teams with those backs. And when one of them went down, that put all the carries onto Church. He still had a good game, but they didn't have that other part of that dynamic duo. No, they they didn't have the the big game offensively rushing the ball like they had been. But you know they're going against the three-time defending That's champion. Right. That's right. Uh, so, so of course, that had a big part of it. Plus, they were only able to throw for 59 yards, um, you know, but it, it still comes down to those three stops yeah. at the beginning of the third quarter. They ended up with nine plays for 11 yards wow. out of those three stops. Yeah, you're not going to beat anybody, you know, doing that. So, again, that one, uh, that was a 7A central opener. Bryant takes <clears throat> down north side 35-17 in that opener. Now let's flip over to the 7A West, where, again, like the 7A Central, uh, Leland, to me, there were no big surprises at all. Bentonville, Fayetteville, Rogers, and Springdale all earned wins um, in the opening week. We'll start with the Bentonville win against Harbor, a Harbor team that had put up 56 points against Northside the week before. Bentonville dominated this game 41-21. Josh Ficklin, 270 yards on 37 carries, five touchdowns for Bentonville. And I think Leland for the second game in a row, uh, the only turnover Bentonville had, uh, their quarterback was looking over at the sideline to get a play on their opening drive. They had moved to about the 15-yard line of Harbor. He was looking over at the sideline to get a play, and the, the center snapped the ball and hit, and hit uh, Drew right in the leg, and, and uh, Harbor was able to recover. But other than that, uh, no, no uh, turnovers for uh, Bentonville. So after that, 75 turnover game against Conway and that loss in the second game, Bentonville has cleaned it up since then. Well, and I think, I think, uh, you know, the, you know, Bentonville is who we think they are. Yes. And I would much rather, um, I think Bentonville is a much bigger favorite in the seven, a West than Bryant is in the seven A Central. There you if, go. If, well, that's, that's, if that makes sense. Wow, it does. It does. It um, does. Now I do think Fayetteville can challenge Bentonville. Uh, that's a long ways off, but right. I do think they can challenge them because of their skill guys. Well, it's going to be um, a, that. That's and Leland. That's a good segue into the into what I was going to talk about next. Rogers. Rogers is three and zero. They had they had a game that was wiped out. They were supposed to have played. I believe it was Stillwell, Oklahoma. I'm not sure. I'm, yes. I, I think it's yes. what it was, which would have been a huge blowout win for Rogers. They would have been four and zero. But they're going to go into Fayetteville this week undefeated at three and zero, one and zero in the conference against Fayetteville, which is now two and two, and has played a brutally tough schedule. 
um, and they are also one to know. Leland, does Rodgers have a shot in this game? I think they have a shot in the game. Uh, they're playing with a lot of confidence. And I tell you, you know, the thing that they are that maybe a lot of other teams aren't these days, they're they're very balanced. They can run the ball and they can pass the ball. Exactly. So they're very balanced, and and that kind of balance, uh, you know, obviously is is good to have because you look at the Northside Bryant game last week. Northside was not able to throw the ball effectively, uh, and therefore they were one dimensional. And and I know those are old cliches and things, uh, but but Rogers is a balanced team, and in any game like this go, comes down to the turnovers. Um, so, you know, if Rodgers gets a couple of those, you know, obviously that helps too. But um, that could certainly change how things uh, are in the 7A West for sure. Exactly. So, in uh, Rodgers opened up conference play. <clears throat> they went down to Fort Smith Southside and absolutely laid the hammer on Fort Smith Southside, 47-14. Leland did mention that balance. Josh Shepard rushed for 207 yards on 21 carries, scored a touchdown. And then their quarterback, Noah Goodshield, 13 of 20, 171 yards. Goodshield, Leland, has been a tremendous, tremendous boost for Rodgers. Of course, this is a kid who was the starting shortstop for the state champion baseball team. And I don't care what anybody says, winning a state championship has a lot of carryover into other sports. There's a confidence level after doing something like that in one sport that you bring with you to another, you know, to another sport. Oh, absolutely. And especially especially I think with shortstops, pitchers, uh, you know, quarterbacks, uh, things like that. I mean, those are just natural uh, positions that, that lend itself to leadership. And, um, you know, I, I think he certainly provides that. And he's he's ended up, I think, probably being a better quarterback than what we thought. Anytime a, a player makes a position change, right? Uh, there's some, you know, there's a learning curve. Right. I think he's mastered it pretty quick. He has. And, of course, he, he's carried that leadership with him, like you mentioned. And uh, what, a, what a, uh, a, good, a good thing for, uh, for Coach Chad Harbison in his first year as the head football coach at Rogers. Uh, we know he is a good developer of quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, the, the Mounties, I'm, I'm, I think, Leland, I'm, I'm with you. I think they have a shot against Fayetteville. I think Fayetteville, you know, is going to have the best athlete on the field. There's no question in Isaiah Satanga. And if, if Rogers can figure out a way to at least – somewhat contain him, uh, then, you know, then they have a shot. And like you said, the Rodgers offense has been pretty good. So it'll be interesting, interesting to see. I think, I think you know, there's no question that Bentonville, in my opinion, Bentonville, Rodgers, and Fayetteville have kind of separated themselves from the rest of the teams in the 7A West. But, the, uh, but don't discount Springdale Harbor just yet. They've, they've played four really, really good good teams to start the season. They're 0-4, but it's like Chris Wood said after the game, the story on this season had, uh, for on our team has not been written yet. Oh, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, you know, the, you look at the non-conference schedule they played, and then they play the top team uh, in, the, in the conference to begin with. So it's, you know, that 0-4 record uh, doesn't phase me at all no. in, uh, in what I think is still uh, – uh, you know, their possibility uh, of, of what they can do this season. And you talk about Rodgers and, and the game against Fayetteville Friday night. I think it's just like the Northside Bryant game in that if Rodgers gets a couple of opportunities, 
do they take advantage of them or not? Because right. Northside had those opportunities. Right. And they didn't take advantage of them. Can Rogers take advantage of those opportunities? Because you got to figure they're probably they're they're good enough to probably get a couple of opportunities. Right. Right. Can they take advantage of right. them? Right. Now, something about Harbor, too, uh, Leland, I thought Harbor showed some flashes um, against Bentonville on Friday. Uh, I was re- I'm really impressed um, with their quarterback, Luke Buchanan. He, he is a transfer in um, from Fayetteville. Um, and they've got a nice little passing game with he and Peyton McKee. Uh, and they also, last year's quarterback, Drew McClendon, has moved to receiver. He's also a nice weapon for them. And, of course, they've got you know good running back. Um, in Hudson Brewer, who's not had the kind of season this year they had last year. Um, you know, teams are certainly focusing on him, uh, you know, after a big season he had as a sophomore. But but Harbor has, you know, has potential. They will play Heritage this week, uh, Rogers Heritage. That'll be a, a, a win probably for Harbor, and it'll be interesting to see how they finish over the last five games of the regular season. Well, such a key for a Chris Wood offense is how well they run the ball. Right. And they did not run the ball effectively last week. No. Bentonville was able to shut down the run, which if any team can shut down the run, it's probably it, Bentonville. It's Bentonville, right. Uh, and, and they really shut down the run. The run. I was surprised because, you know, when we when we tweet out our box scores and things, there's always certain things that I just I can't wait to see a box score from a certain game and look at certain things. And the first thing I looked at on that box score when it was uh, – did Henry cover that game? I did. Okay, when I looked at that, the first thing I looked at was what did Brewer rush for? Yeah. And that was was the telltale sign, I think, in that game. Yeah, he had about 40 yards. 16 of it, I think, came on one run. He had a 16-yard touchdown run, and that was it. After that, he pretty much was held to one or two or negative yardage um, on his carries. Uh, The most effective runner they had Friday night was the quarterback, Buchanan, uh, out of – uh, some usually in distress, you know, to, to try to escape the rush and, and can get out. Um, so just a dominating performance by Bentonville, particularly in the second half. Now let's skip down to Class Six A, Leland. Let's talk about Van Buren a minute. This is a team that last year, you know, we talked about this and moving from the Seven A West to the Six A West was going to be a nice move for them. But things didn't go quite like we thought they were going to with Van Buren, even though they had a loaded senior class. In my opinion, I thought Van Buren might take a step back this year after Gary Phillips graduated and he moved on to play Division One football, I believe, at Air Force. Is that right? Army. Army. Um, and then Jaden Henry, of course, to do all, everything player for them, offense, defense, special teams, everything. Um, he went to a school in Oklahoma. Um, and so I was thinking in my mind, well, Van Buren might take a step back this year. They're going to have a whole new cast of characters. Well, that has not been the case. They are 4-0 after a crazy, and we, we knew it would probably be a crazy game, but a crazy 34-33 game against Salem Springs. And you're exactly right. I mean, they lost their best two offensive players from last year. They also lost their best two defensive players from last year. Right. And, and you're right. I mean, you look at it on paper and you think, well, you know, how in the world? But I think the 6-8 West last year, was just absolutely phenomenal, especially the quarterbacks in the conference. There were six quarterbacks in the conference last year that were All-State at some point in their career. Gary Phillips wasn't All-State last year because they only get one slot because of the way All-State slotted. Right. And that went to Jaden Henry. But Gary Phillips, as a junior, was All-State in the 7A West. Right. 
So by all, uh, you know, by all accounts, he's an all-state quarterback. Yes. Yeah. No, no question. <laughs> so yes. it was just a phenomenal, phenomenal season in the 6A West. Uh, so the fact that they didn't do as well last year as, you know, they had hoped, especially dropping down, uh, you know, certainly that was a little disappointing, but they still were able to win a first-round playoff game, which right. was huge for them. And I think it gave them a lot of mo- momentum going into this te- this year. Well, and, and, and I think – and Leland, they 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 were in the second round playoff game. They were right in that game until Phillips went down with with an injury in that game. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. There's a good possibility. In fact, I had one of their coaches tell and tell me, um, and and you know you can take this for what it's worth. You know, you know, coaches are normally pretty optimistic people, but right. And but I kind of believing that they were they were they were coming back in that game and they would have won that game yeah that's what they believe I, I, Crosby Tuck said that I mean he, I, he, he himself said that uh, yeah. the head, foot, head, head football coach at Van Buren. and I think they just uh, you know that staff he you know coach Tuck has put together a great staff yes he has uh, he loves that staff and I think they just went back to work and they've uh, they've kind of willed themselves into being a good football team. And uh, that was a big win on Friday night because that game was almost, um, you know, deja vu all over again. Right, Just right. like last year. Right. Last year, uh, it was in overtime, but Southside converted the two-point play and won the game. Yep. This year, Van Buren stopped the two-point play, and Van Buren won the game. Correct, correct. So we're going to skip down another classification to Class 5A where, Leland, you and I knew and a lot, everybody who follows high school football in the state knew – Farmington's hiring of J.R. Eldridge was the biggest hiring of a football coach last season and maybe in the last several seasons. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. We we knew, uh, and I'm sure Farmington knew what they were getting. Yep, yep. So what he has done at Farmington, um, and, you got, but, and we also need to give props to Mike Adams, who was the longtime Farmington coach. They were a playoff team last year because every team in the state was a playoff team, but they won a first-round playoff game. And so the cupboard wasn't exactly bare. He had a good running back, you know, coming back, and Caden Elsick. But, but Coach Adams, you know, stepped down. They, and when the opening happened, who knew that Farmington was going to be able to hire away J.R. Eldridge from Little Rock or North Little Rock? I mean, a guy who had led – he had won back-to-back state championships at Arkadelphia – he had led Little North Little Rock to the state seven eight championship game, and they lost to a Leland Udhart mentioned earlier in the show a dynamite Bryant team loaded up with seniors. Uh, no one was going to beat Bryant last year, but North Little Rock played them in the championship game, and it was a good game for a little while. Um, but but Farmington able to hire him away from North Little Rock to come into Farmington, which hasn't really had many glory days since Alan Holland was their football coach. What a what a coup for for Bo Thompson, the athletic director at Farmington, to bring in J.R. Eldridge. Brand new facilities. It is a booming community with people coming in, building houses left and right at Farmington. He goes to Harrison, a team that has won that had won twenty two straight conference games, had won the conference championship. Leland, I believe four or five six years in a row, something like that. Um, don't know the exact number, but several to pull off a 36-35 road win after trailing by 25 points. What a tremendous win that was for Farmington. I, uh, you know, one thing that, that I, I'm not very up on modern technology. I usually have to get Brennan to help me with some things, and it's probably evident in some of the videos that, <laughs> you know, we've shot at days. But 
I love the fact now, in fact, my wife hates YouTube, the fact that we can go back and watch some of these games. And one of the first games that I went back and watched probably Sunday afternoon, I watched the second half of the Farmington Harrison game. And uh, you're right. It was just a tremendous game, a tremendous comeback for Farmington. And, you know, the the hiring of J.R. Eldridge to Farmington was really almost a perfect storm. Yes. For Farmington, there's there's about, I'd say, probably four factors involved. And they all swung, obviously, toward Farmington. You're right. A growing community. Uh, that area is home to JRL, yes, which I think yep. is probably the number one factor. Right. He wanted to be back in northwest Arkansas. There's no question about that. The second thing, of course, and there's a lot of uh, um, things we won't get into about him leaving, why he left right. North Little Rock, and, right. and he'll never tell you all of that either. Right. You know, but there there were some factors there. Uh, so everything just lined up. Um for Farmington. And then, of course, you know, he got a few players that moved in as well. He did. So there's Inclu- just, including um, one that made the game winning touchdown catch uh, Friday night, Justin Logue, who caught a couple of touchdown passes in that game, a transfer from Fayetteville. So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of factors there uh, that have played into Farmington's early success. Uh, but the bottom line is they are winning on the football field and yes. it's it is going to make the 5A West, um, you know, which which we thought they were going to be pretty good anyway. I sure wouldn't have put any money on them going to Harrison and winning. But I thought Farmington might be in the running for one of the four playoff spots. And this, you know, that's that was a statement win right out of the shoot in conference yeah, play. Absolutely. Now, far, it doesn't get any easier for Farmington this week. They will host a 4-0 Valonia team. Um, uh, and so you gotta, you, you gotta hope that Farmington doesn't have any hangover effects from that big win against Harrison. But I, if I know J.R. Eldridge, the way that I think I know J.R., I don't think that will be an issue. No, probably not. Um, he, he's a veteran enough coach that, you know, he, he probably let them, you know, celebrate and pat themselves on the back for about 24 hours. And then it was back to work. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I would have to say at this point, um, you know, Harrison is is obviously year in and year out one of the favorites in the 5A West. Sure, absolutely. No question. This Joel, year, Joel Wells is a fantastic coach over there. This year with Austin Myers, the quarterback at Bologna, Bologna has got to be uh, right up there with Harrison right. as far as a conference favorite. Correct. Uh, I know Greenbrier is pretty good. Uh, and there's some other teams too, but I'd have to say at this point, Bologna is probably, it, to me, it's Harrison 1A and Bologna 1B. Right, right. So this is a big one. Uh, Farmington, it's their, it's their homecoming this week. They should pack the place out. Um, they need to be loud and uh, and give their you know give their team you know the the uh, especially the student section uh, give your give your team that advantage you know you get a home game here against one of the top teams in the 5A West it's an opportunity to show you know what you know, what you're made of now Leland I had a ch- I went over to Farmington uh, a couple weeks ago to watch their game with Prairie Grove and that's always a big you know always a big game big rivalry game you know the two towns are you know connected side by side in fact they share kind of the same city limit pole uh, one on one side one on the other. Um, and that was the first Farmington game, Leland, that I've been to, I think, ever that I got a sense, a, a feeling that, hey, 
this is this is a big this is a big deal. Football's a big deal here. I, I can feel I can feel it. And in the past, I always kind of got the the impression that Farmington football was something Farmington did before basketball started because they've you know been a basketball power you know for a while. And football was just something that happened between September and the middle of November when basketball started. When I went over there that night to see the Prairie Grove game and the Farmington sides were packed and the students were loud and all that, I'm like, this has a different feel to it. Do you think that's because of um, maybe just the overall sense of Northwest Arkansas and the growth in general and the fact of new facilities? Yeah, it could be. It could be kind of a lot of, a lot of things. And the fact that the Farmington community is not like it was before because you got so many new people moving in from different places. And, and, you know, and I don't know how many from Fayetteville have moved over to Farmington. I don't know, you know, what those numbers are, where they are, but I know they're building a lot of houses in Farmington and selling a lot of houses. And so the whole dynamic of that community has changed. And you just, you could sense that you could feel that that night. Well, and you know, next year, the five, a West is going to be mostly a Northwest Arkansas yes. conference, yes. Uh, which goes back to that growth again. Exactly, and we're you know I'm trying you know I'm trying, I'm trying to do my best not get a, not get ahead of myself on that, but you as a sports writer and a long time you know someone who's covered high school sports for a long time, I am excited about what the Five A West is going to look like next year when you bring in Prairie Grove when you bring in uh, Shallow Christian. Um, and it's, it, it'll be, you know, you're going to, you're going to have that real feel when you're going to have Farmington, Alma, Pea Ridge, Shallow Christian, Prairie Grove, all in the 5A West. Um, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun, but, but, uh, Farmington is certainly, uh, they're, they're wanting to make a statement here in their final year of what the 5A West, the, 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 the old 5A West is they're, they're trying to make a statement and boy, they sure did that Friday night. Well, I think, again, that goes back to hiring a caliber coach yes. uh, of J.R. Eldred's status. Right. And and also, Leland, you know, he's got, I think, three young sons. I think the oldest one might be about 12 or 13, something like that. So he's got three young ones that are coming up. This is the perfect place for J.R. I mean, it, it really is. It, it's it's uh, they, they have a chance with Pulaski Academy and Little Rock Christian going up, you know, to 6A. That's going to happen. Um, this is a chance for Farmington to be a player, not just in the 5A West, but in the 5A classification, uh, to, you know, to, be a, to be a championship contender. Well, and one of the things I did, this was several years ago, and it, it had to do with, uh, it wasn't the 7A West at the time, but the state's largest classification, the 7A West. And one of the things that stood out the most um, for the teams and their success over an extended period of time was coaching stability. Yes. And I think J.R. Eldridge may be at Farmington for a very long time because that's his home, and why else would he leave there to go anywhere else? Because he's he's already been there and done that. Exactly, exactly. So, um, and if he does stay there and coach there for 20 years, um, you know, again, it goes back to coaching stability at the top. And yeah. I, I think there's very few programs, there's some, that can be successful with coaching change, a few coaching changes here and there. But I just think over the course of time, uh, that takes a toll on any program. Absolutely. So, Leland, we'll skip down in 4A. No surprises there in the 4A1. Elkins, Gentry, Prairie Grove, and Shallow Christian all won their games on Friday night. The 4A4, no surprise again there. Lamar, Mina, and Ozark got wins in, in the 4A4. Skipping down to 3A. 
Charleston, Leland, I'm not surprised Charleston beat Greenland because Charleston we know is very good, but winning 51-0 was kind of a surprise to me. Well, that's a surprise. And, you know, the, the 3A1, and, I, and I've said this from the beginning, the 3A1 is going to be, for me, uh, one of my favorite conferences to watch and see what happens throughout the year because every week is going to be a big game. Yep. And right now they've got three teams that are 4-0. There's only two other conferences in the state that has three teams that are 4-0. Exactly, exactly. Two of those two of those meet Friday, Friday night. Friday night. So we're going to have Charleston at Cedarville on Friday night, which should be a good game. It'll be Brandon, the Brandon Scott-led Charleston offense against the Daryl Kadich-led offense from Cedarville. Should be a good one. But don't sleep on Hackett. This is a team, uh, their quarterback, Slavin, Slavins, however you pronounce it, Ethan Slavins, uh, six touchdown passes Friday. What a crazy Crazy game with Lincoln, 68-47 in regulation. Hackett gets the win there, 68-47. I'm not a math major, but I think that's like 147 combined points, whatever it is, whatever the math number is, 105 or 100 and something points. That's, uh, I guess, uh, a defensive coordinator's nightmare <laughs> and, and one of those one of those games that they would say you know they went to a football game and a track meet exactly a lot of basketball games aren't aren't 68 47 no no but ethan slavens uh threw for 522 yards wow and six touchdowns wow that's uh, peyton hester a, a a name that we've heard a lot through the years uh 12 catches 121 yards and three touchdowns plus he ran for a touchdown and he intercepted a pass on uh, on defense. Pretty good, pretty good day's work. Now, Leland, something that will be interesting this week, too, is uh, Boonville, was, which uh, didn't have a game scheduled this week, is going to go down and play Timpson, Texas, on Friday. Now, Timpson is always a pretty good team. In t- they're a small school, 2A school in Texas, but they're always a pretty good, pretty good team, pretty competitive. So that, you know, I, what I love about Boonville is they'll load up that bus and play anybody. Well, uh, you know, the the thing, and, and you can read about it in tomorrow's notebook, is, uh, you know, Coach Crowley said, whoever, whenever, whenever. Yeah, exactly. He ain't scared. Nope. And uh, and his and his players relish that. I do, you know, too. It's I not, love it. It's not just the head coach that's saying that. You know, their players, uh, you know, they'll leave about 9 o'clock Friday morning. They'll make a day of it. And, uh They'll go play a football game on Friday night uh, when their original game had been, uh, you know, canceled. Exactly. So, Leland, you'll get a big kick out of this. I went to the Hogs Illustrated Sports Club meeting today, luncheon today, here in Fayetteville, <coughs> and Barry Lunny was the uh, guest speaker today and, uh, you know, gave a great speech about how important high school athletics are, uh, not just uh, for, you know, for the school but for the community. Um, he gave some numbers. Uh, a study was done by an Ohio State professor, a two-year study, in which this professor was going to uh, expose how much money is wasted in high school athletics. So they spent two years uh, doing this study. Uh, they were, you know, trying to get the documentation to show that that spending at the high school, you know, for high school athletics is out of control. They need to be diverting that money to academics, more to academics. And and also and basically to say that high school athletics don't have any place in high schools. Athletics at that level should be played as club sports, yada, yada, yada. What this two-year study found out is the football teams and the girls' basketball teams in the, in the state of Ohio where they did this report, 
showed that the more successful those teams were on the athletic field or court, the better they did in the classroom. Uh, that, that successful football teams, uh, the players on those teams had higher GPAs and the same with girls' basketball. So it just goes to prove, Leland, that high school athletics, and sure there are some you know, things that you, people would like to change and maybe some schools do take it a little bit overboard, but success on the court and on the field translates into success in other areas of these students' lives. Well, and I think it probably goes beyond the high school classroom. I think it probably goes beyond that into their personal life. Exactly. exactly. Going on the next 40 years. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, you know, that, I, I thought it was interesting. Of course, Lonnie, Coach Lonnie was great. He talked about, you know, his time as a football coach at Bentonville where he won four state championships. <clears throat> he talked about his time before that at Fort Smith Southside where he won four. Now, Leland, I'm thinking four plus four is eight. That puts him ahead of Tom Brady, right? Lonnie won eight. Brady's won seven. Rings. Well, and he also was on one of the greatest Northside teams Correct. of all time. That's he was right. a junior on that 68 team, which is – one of the greatest teams of all time in the state of Arkansas. Correct. And he, correct. he played on that team. And of course, you know, he is the son of a coach. Correct. And he talked you know, about his that dad bit. coached at uh, Fort Smith St. Anne's. Yes. And, uh, yes. And he played for Bill Stancil at Fort Smith Northside High School. You know, one of the greatest football coaches the state's ever produced. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got a, he can talk about, uh, sports in a lot of different ways he can so it was a great you know great luncheon for him and uh i always always like to spend time with coach lunny uh, great storyteller just a great just great person to be around and and i was happy that we were able to get him today uh, to speak um at this luncheon so Leland, well, gonna... and even though he's out of coaching he is still very very involved oh yeah with fca yeah he in fact he said um when uh when he when he was asked to you know to to join fca um, he was, you know, supposed to just be in a part-time role. And, and of course, you know, Coach Lunny said it's not part-time, it's full-time. And, you know, he's, he's pouring himself <laughs> into it like he, he did his coaching and everything else. So, uh, again, you know, just great to have him and, uh, and, and to hear him. Always great. So, Leland, we're going to uh, close today. We, we're talking about golf a little bit and tennis. We've got the State 6A Girls Golf Tournament wrapping up today over at Lost Springs Country Club over in Rogers. And also the 6A West Conference Tennis Meet, which is going on today at Harbor. And Bentonville will be hosting the 6A State Tennis Meet in a couple of weeks. But I want to shout out, uh, on two different days, yesterday and today, golfers for the Bentonville West girls golf team had hole-in-ones um, in, in state tournament play. And what a, uh, you know, what a big thrill that must be. Uh, I've never come close. I couldn't make a hole-in-one if the hole was the whole size of the green. <laughs> so, I saw that. I couldn't believe that. Yeah, yeah. From the same team, and you know, you talk about those sports. Uh, you know, uh, I know cross country is coming up at the end of the month. Yep. It may actually be early November, but it's coming up fairly soon. Right. Uh, volleyball is. I guess they're pretty much in the middle of their season. Right. Hit the midway point so, this week. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So there is a ton of stuff going on. Uh, you know, tennis and golf and. Uh, there's a boy. There's a lot of stuff going on, and it's uh, it's great to see the teams in our area uh, doing well. The individual sports, team sports. It's uh, it's a great time of the season. Absolutely. And so, Leland, I also wanted to give a shout out to Buck Ringo down at the Fort Smith Times Record, Southwest <laughs> Times Record. Um, he is leaving, and Buck is a person that 
I've known for more than 20 years when I was uh, the publisher of the Kilgore, Texas newspaper. Buck was the sports editor there in 1997 to 98. Buck came to Arkansas, got here uh, to Salem Springs um, in 1998, and then I was able to hire him away when I got to Fort Smith. He spent 20-plus years um, as a sports reporter in Fort Smith. To, tomorrow is his last day with the Times record, and I know he's having a luncheon down there at probably his favorite place. It's a, it's a Cavanaugh Pizza, uh, or what we used to call truck, truckers, truckers Pizza over in uh, Fort Smith. Leland, he, he asked me to come. I'm not going to be able to make it. Hopefully you can be there uh, for that. And uh, just want to give out a shout to my man, Buckster. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm going to miss that guy for sure. Yeah, um, I will for sure be there tomorrow. Uh, you know, hopefully Kevin will be there. You know, all three of us, I think we counted up last year that we will have all three of us together 101 years of sports riding. Wow. Wow. Uh, between the three of us. And the nice thing about it, and I'm gonna I'm I'm not gonna give away any of Buck's uh, you know, secrets, but right. the nice thing about it is that Buck is staying in involved with high school sports. Correct, correct. And uh and so he'll be he'll be on a different platform, but uh Buck is a is a is a is a man who's very special to me and I've I've known him his whole you know, pretty <clears throat> much his whole career. Um and uh there's Leland, if there's a better person in this earth that walks this earth than Buck Ringold, I've never, I've never met him. I haven't either. And, and, you know, I tell you what's really fun about Buck too, is that, uh, you know, we get together and we, we compete, um, nationally, um, trivia. He, well, that's not even fair. Cause Buck is the best <laughs> I've ever seen. And we, uh, we do really well when Buck's there. I'll tell you a funny story about Buck, and I could tell you about a million of them, but he and his wife, Shaney Joe, went on a cruise a couple of years ago, and they have a nice little sports bar on the, on the Carnival Cruise Line, the uh, Red Frog or something like that sports bar, and they have trivia every night. They told Buck he couldn't come back anymore. <laughs> he won back-to-back or three straight nights or whatever on this cruise, and they said, hey, uh, <laughs> you're done don't come back <laughs> let somebody else win this thing he went home with yeah. he went home with three trophies uh from from trivia night and, and and the reason he didn't have more is because they banned him from the from the pub wouldn't let him come back and compete anymore that's in fact well, in fact that's how buck he, got his name buck is uh his name is john michael but he got the nickname buck from a trivia contest that he won uh when he was a student at the university of arkansas i uh i can believe that yeah yeah. So Leland, thanks for being on with me. We're going to, we're going to uh, get out of here and, uh, and see what else we can get into. Thanks for being on with us. And uh, of course we have Leland on every week, uh, on the, uh, prep rally podcast. So Leland, uh, I know you're going over to Cedarville Friday night to catch that game, Charleston Cedarville. Hopefully you'll catch a good game. I'm going to be at Farmington to see if those Cardinals can keep it going. Man, that sounds great. It's, you know, next week when we talk, uh, it will be, halfway through the regular season. Can you believe, believe that? It. I cannot even believe it. Cannot believe it. So, Leland, I'll let you go, and uh, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Again, for Leland Barclay down the River Valley, I'm Chip Souza. This has been Prep Rally, the podcast. We'll catch you next week. The Prep Rally podcast is produced and directed by the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. 